Welcome to Kansas City Real Talk, brought to you by KCRIR. I'm Bobby Howe. And I'm Alex Caring. <laughs> What is going wrong? Are you he who shall not be named? Is that the voice you have today? Yeah, it's rough. I uh, so um, had a couple of days of full on laryngitis. Today I can phonate a little bit. Um, yeah. Okay. Fun stuff. So I need you to not give me laryngitis. That's that's well, laryngitis isn't like a contagious thing. I know. But when I hear someone condition. who sounds like you, I get worried that your germs are going to just jump nah. over here. I mean. I had COVID a couple weeks ago, so I'm good from that. Yeah. I, I, I think it's like the sixth I've time I've had I'm done with it. It's not COVID. I'm fine. Yeah, but it doesn't sound like COVID. This is this is a like consistent twice a year thing for me. Really? It, yeah. It's always at season changes. Mm. Uh, I skipped it this spring. Okay. Um, and so I was, I was feeling optimistic. We're going to talk a little bit about this today, actually, but I was feeling a little optimistic that some of my lifestyle changes in the last six months had contributed to me maybe not being, you know, sick right. uh, twice a year. And then sure enough, about Tuesday of this week, I uh, started sounding like this. It was tough. And then I had to teach for three hours sounding like this yesterday. So, man. But I bet your students just love that deep voice that you're... Oh, they did. And I even feel like I have a deep voice mm. today, deeper than normal. <laughs> and that's because I just got back from the Florida Realtors Convention. Um, which How was, was that? It was unlike anything I've ever seen before. That's Florida. So. It's Florida. Yeah. So, uh, for levels of comparison, I'm not sure how many realtors you have in the state of Kansas, like total. Um, but in the state it's of like Mo- ten thousand. Okay, so in the state of Missouri, total we have twenty six thousand. So I mean, I, I knew that we, I don't say dwarfed you guys, but I mean we are much. Missouri is a much larger association yeah. than than Kansas. The Florida realtors have two hundred thirty eight thousand members. <laughs> The Miami Association has well, over 50,000. Hold, hold on, hold on. That's because all of these people retire and go to Florida no. and all of them have their real estate license. That's what was crazy. Walking around this convention, I've never seen such a young group of realtors anywhere. No. Yes. Miami has over 50,000 realtors. Broward County, which is like the next county up from Miami, they've got like 45,000 realtors. So there's 95 and they're all young and cute and pretty. I've never seen such coordinated high class outfits my entire life. They're, they're just energy is just through the roof and you know I speak fast which is a problem when I'm in my southern states of my own region in Alabama, Louisiana, Mississippi. They they don't like how fast I speak, but when I was there at the Florida convention, um the class of mine that they chose is actually a 4-hour class, but they only allotted an hour and 15 minutes to do the 4-hour <laughs> class, which Alex, you're an instructor. How do you take three quarters of your content and just trash it and still go, I have you content? Don't. You don't. It doesn't so work. I just spoke like the Micro Machines man, which I realize some young people don't even know what that is yeah, anymore. Yeah, I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, yeah, I know. Um, and so, the Micro Machines man? You need to go do, Google the commercials for Micro Machines. This is like whenever I told you to go Google the commercials for Calgon Take Me Away. Go Google the Micro Machines man if you don't know who that is. And um, But I spoke very quickly. But they could understand me. They were following along. They're a very quick moving people. I've realized I've had to change up, like just speaking of the micro machines guys, I've had to change up a lot of my analogies because one of the things I talked about in my presentation was the Savannah Bananas, the the baseball uh-huh. team. Yeah. And I was like, they're the Harlem Globetrotters of 
of uh, baseball. And like, oh, God, people don't know who the Harlem Globetrotters are anymore because they've been gone so long. And so I was like, okay, their stadium seats 4,000 people. They've got a half million people on their waiting list. So they're like the Taylor Swift of baseball. And I was like, oh, we get that concept. You know, like... (laughs) That's where we are in life. We're just, how can we apply? What, what sorts of things can we apply to something else? this is so. all because young people have decided to move to Florida to try to capitalize on old people being attracted to the villages. Oh, God. We talk about the villages in my family all the it's time. It's all about the villages. If you don't know about the villages, go look it up. Highest look STD it up the rate C- in yeah, the, the entire CDC nation. Website. Yeah. Look it up on the CDC website. It's a retirement village with the highest STD rate in the entire country. Just let that sink in. It's fine. Lots of pineapples sitting on the porches in those communities. I mostly feel uncomfortable talking about this because my voice sounds a little (laughs) extra sexy right now. (laughs) You could probably get hired in the villages just to make commercials for them. Oh, my God. It's fine. All right. What else is going on? I got we got baby coming soon. (gasps) How how soon? How soon? Uh, Like in a month. So how Sarah, how Sarah doing? She's doing really well. Uh, there are some interesting things happening with this one okay. that weren't happening before. Okay. And of course, even though she will only be 35 when this baby gets here, it is a geriatric pregnancy. Yes. According to, uh, you know, her doctor. Mm-hmm. And you can tell. Yeah. Like not by looking at her no, to be no, no, clear. No. Sometimes she listens, so it's not I don't want her thinking that I'm saying she looks like she's geriatric. Like that's not what I'm saying. But just some weird things happening with this one that didn't occur with the other two. It's been a more difficult third trimester yeah. than Charlie and Margot were, but we're super pumped. But I, so I can relate to that because I had my son the day before my 34th birthday and mine was a geriatric pregnancy as well. And the the way they treat your pregnancy is so completely different. So I can and that, that have, having been my only experience I've ever had, I can imagine how different that is from Sarah for having two normal pregnancies right. to now yeah. being considered geriatric and all the extra precautions and the things they take into place when so you're so old at 35. Oh, well, my gosh. What are you did, doing? She did. Kind of give me the I'm too old for this now type of a uh, talk. Yeah, right. I'm like, wow, wow, what a change in the last like three years uh, with Margot. So, anyway, um, and how are are, are baby girls ready? Are they excited? Do they understand what's about to happen? Well, Margot does not. Charlie, Charlie's pumped. Okay. Uh, Margot doesn't have a clue and she's going to be devastated. Mm hmm. Because oh, she's favorite right now because she's baby girl. Well, oh, so let's talk really quickly about favorites. There's no favorites. That's, of course. Charlie's totally the favorite right now. <laughs> I mean, well, number one, she doesn't. I, I mean, I don't want to get like too far into this, but she's she was your just, first. She'll always be your favorite. She's so enjoyable at the moment. <laughs> like, she's enjoyable. Like, she's so fun. Margo, and, you're not enjoyable, girl. I mean, Margo's I- enjoyable, but like. She can't do anything. Yeah. You know, I can take take Charlie fishing with me, golfing with me, kayaking with me. Uh, Margot could die if I took her to do any of those things. So it's, so yeah, I mean, Charlie's my buddy. Got it. Like, it's it's just different. So Margot might be the favorite when Charlie gets older and turns into a grouch. Okay, I got it. Yeah, that's, I, I am already thinking and praying and sending good vibes your way 
for when all the girls in your house turn into preteens. Yeah. Right. That's going to be fun for you. Yeah. So earlier you brought up in the last six months some changes that have been going on in your life. Yeah. And that ties into our guest we're bringing on today. So tell us just a little bit about who's coming on and speaking with us today. Sure. So um, about a year ago, uh, we had a uh, softball game uh, that we all played in. A realtor? A RPAC? realtor. Uh, a RPAC softball game. Mm-hmm. And Interesting. This is new information for me. I, I've always worked out regularly, but I got pretty lousy about it. Um, here in the last like five years, mm-hmm. kids, you know, it's a thing. And uh, with uh, with us playing softball, I might have been the the youngest or maybe like second youngest person on the field. But I walked away from that with uh, extreme damage to my quads. Oh, I could not walk very well. I could not run anymore. I, and it lasted months. Really? And so I'm stretching in the gym, like trying to, you know, get these things figured out. And this gal comes up to me and she's like, hey, good stretching. And you, But you could tell that, like, I needed some help. Uh-huh. And she's like, have you done any personal training at all? And I'm like, no, I, I haven't. And I'm kind of. Go away. Know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. And she's like, well, you get a free one with your membership. And, mm-hmm. and so why don't, why don't you try it out? And I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. So I, I I'm start. I'm not buying it. I'm not giving you my credit card. <laughs> right. I start and I'm like, okay, this is what I need yeah. in order to start getting the most out of my gym membership. But it, it became more than just accountability on working out. Um, you know, I, I realized, because we're traveling a lot. Mm-hmm. I realized the amount that I was, uh, I, I don't drink a whole lot, right. but on our realtor trips, yep, there's alcohol everywhere. Everywhere. And if you say no, it's like, what's wrong? Especially as a female, right. if you don't take a drink, oh, you must be pregnant. Uh, yeah. Or I just wanted water. I mean, I, it's, I'm serious. It, it became so clear to me that there were, there were a variety of lifestyle factors mm-hmm. that were probably impacting my health. Um, I was staying in bed way too late. I was looking at social media all the time. Yep. I was checking my email all the time. I started drawing some boundaries around email in particular and around social media as well. Um, but the rest of it was really hard to kind of figure out because yeah. it's so ingrained into our identity. Um, and then, uh, and working with this uh, person, Kathleen, who's, who's going to be on today, um, Kathleen uh, got me to the point just by introducing me to the right thought leadership, honestly, mm-hmm. to where I, I really started to value um, routine, started to, to reassess my relationship with my uh, with the hours in my day, um, starting to front load my uh, the the hours of my day so that I wasn't doing unhealthy things with my time at the end of my day, right, right, um, and. And focusing on on the hours where I can have control over my circumstances, and it the the change has been really interesting. And it's all stuff that we talk about all the time. Yeah. We talk about it with Ninja. You talk about it with Buffini. You talk about it with uh, all of our ages. We talk. Everyone's all, talking about talking it. Everybody's talking about this. But are we and, doing it? And yeah, 
I, I don't think a lot of people are. It's mouth service. It is. Yeah. And so anyway, um, yeah, some some big changes. And, and Kathleen's a, a huge part of that. I'm really excited she's she's going to be here with us today to to talk a little bit about those things. Okay. What's her, what's her full name? Uh, Kathleen Cavanaugh. Awesome. Yeah. And where did you find her at in case somebody else wants to find her? A Lifetime Fitness. Awesome. Yeah. Hey. Do you have a book bit? I do. Do, 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 do. Bobby's book bit. Casey. Extra sexy book bit. Extra. Yes. So the book bit that I have for you today, um, I chose because I feel like it kind of goes in line with our topic that we're talking about today. And the book bit is called Choose Yourself by James Altucher. I probably have just butchered his last name. James will be okay. Um, but the book is, um, it's, a, it's a call to give up traditional career paths, which today has neither led to success nor happiness, and how to take your own life into your hands by building good habits, creating your own career, and making a decision to choose yourself. And I feel like if you're in real estate, you have essentially um, vacated the traditional career path. And so that's why I felt like this was probably a good book. My quote from the book is, the only predictor of a successful tomorrow is a successful today. And I just Ooh, really nice. felt like this was going to feed, feed in really well to what we're doing. So lesson number one from the book is the American dream, the middle class, uh, the American dream that the middle class has keeps chasing is dead. Um, and it, it, the, the, the book talks about so much of everything in our lives um, can now either be outsourced or done by technology, which is why there's thousands of college graduates now finding themselves underemployed or unemployed or underpaid because the end of jobs is here, which this book was written back in 2013. And, you know, this, where we are now in our economy and our thing, like we can't get enough employees. And yet there's still not a lot of really good jobs out there and not a lot of really good career paths, which is why we're seeing younger people get into real estate at a younger age. Um, the second lesson from the book is you have to make yourself the only person who controls your dreams. Um too often people just start talking about, you know, um, everybody else buying into um, their dreams or they're worried about, you know, whatever goals I set for myself, I have to be, has to impress someone else. When you're setting goals, when you're setting dreams, when you're chasing something, you're doing it for you and no one else other than your family or the people that are most important to you. Um, as long as you choose to live with fear instead of acting in spite of the fear that I may not accomplish amazing things, you're giving others the power to make choices for you. So knock it off. You have to make yourself the only person who controls your dreams. And finally, lesson number three, you can choose yourself by beginning a daily practice of good habits in four areas, mental health, physical health, emotional health, and spiritual health. Um, and I really feel like that's what we're about to lean into with Kathleen when she comes on here. So um, book bit, Choose Yourself by James Altucher. I like it. Good yeah. book bit. All right, let's go get Kathleen. Let's get her. Welcome back to Kansas City Real Talk, brought to you by KCRAR. Bobby and I are here with Kathleen Cavanaugh with Lifetime Fitness. Kathleen, welcome. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here today. Yeah. We're excited to have you here with us. So uh, before we get started, uh, you and Bobby have a good amount in common. Um, but one of the things that Bobby likes to do is run just a ton. And I know that you just did like a full on triathlon 
last weekend, right? Yes, I did. How'd it go? It went well. I got first in my age group. I was stoked about that, very happy, Um, and 16th overall in the female division, so that felt really good. Awesome. Kathleen is way faster than me, though. There's that. Well, that might be. She's trying yeah. to make me faster, but yes, okay. Alex has been <laughs> yeah. adding some more running, so we're gonna make him a competitive so runner. What were the tri- what What did you do in this triathlon? So it was a it was a sprint triathlon, which included a 500 meter swim, um, which was my weakest event by far. Uh, so for per- perspective, I there was 95 women that competed. I got 75th in the swim, so it was a slow swim for me, <laughs> not my strength. Um, but then after that, it was just over a 10-mile bike ride, and then we finished with a 5K, which is 3.1 miles. So I, I had a strong bike, and then I had a really strong run, um, thankfully, to, to make up some of that lost time on the swim. That's exactly why I don't do tries is because I, the swim is the portion that will just kill me. Like I can, I can do uh, duathlons all the time, but I cannot – you know, biking, I'm fine. Running, we're fine. Damn swim. Yeah, yeah, that's why I don't time. do it too. That's exactly that's exactly why you don't do it. I actually just mostly stick to running though. So that's the day um, after this podcast comes out. Actually, no, the day this podcast comes out, I'm traveling to Portland, Oregon, and um, doing the Hood to Coast relay race out there. You start at the top of Mount Hood. It's a 200 mile relay to the coast of Oregon. So that's awesome. that's what I'm doing. Fun. It's so much fun. <laughs> Let's go with that. So 36 hours stuck in a van. How did mm. you get into being a personal trainer? Um. Well, growing up, I was into sports. Being active was was what I loved. Um, and so when I went to college, I went to Grand Valley State in Michigan. Um, exercise science just felt right for me, choosing that degree um, and being passionate about my own fitness um, and just, you know, the body in general, how it works. Um, I think that's a, a big component of overall health and well-being. Um, and I, I love it. I love helping others um, improve their health and who improve um, just who they are as an individual through fitness. Um, and that's really what inspires me and keeps me in it. Yeah. Awesome. Well, a lot of what we've worked on is putting together some uh, decent routines because mm, as Bobby yep. knows, we all love to talk about how strong our routines are in this business. Um, but some of us are better at it than others. Some of us are mostly talk. I was going to say, I was like, we like to talk about our routines, but do we actually follow our routines? Right. So talk to us a little bit about routine building. Well, um, first off, I think routines are so powerful and habits just in general are so, so powerful. Um, you know, talk about real, real growth towards, just personal power and freedom through our routines, I think is huge. Um, in creating a routine that really aligns with an individual's own personal values is important, um, especially in terms of the application part of it. You know, you're just talking about how some people struggle to apply them and keep those routines. Um, but I think when they align with who we are and our values, there's much much more um, likelihood that we're going to be able to stick to those. Mm-hmm. Um, so in in coming up with routines and habits, I think it begins with first um, understanding our values, but then under, also understanding our goals. 
Um, and through life, through different seasons, those can change and evolve. Um, but it's first kind of identifying some of those key factors. You know, I, I teach a lot of um, – actually, I teach goal setting, time blocking, um, mental wellness, all of those kind of things, which yeah. actually – those are for realtors, but they feed into all of these same concepts that you're talking about here. Uh, realtors often don't work the same hours every day. Our, our schedules are from <laughs> dramatically different from one day to the next. So what's some advice you have for realtors as far as setting some healthy habits while still maintaining that flexibility of the schedule and how can they fit more hours into their day so they can focus on themselves and not just the consumer or the end game? Yeah, Um I'd say it goes back to um, understanding your values, you know. So, for example, if uh, mornings are an important time for you, um, understanding that that's that's my time um, and setting boundaries around that. So if uh, appointments are needed throughout the day, understanding that, like, okay, I'm keeping 8 a.m. and before that, to me and for me. That's that's my time so that when meetings start at 8 o'clock and run through maybe even 8 o'clock into the evening, I can show up as my best self and I can, I can give more to my clients because before 8 o'clock, that's my time for me to, to do what I need to do. I definitely realized that I was staying in bed until like 7 o'clock, yeah. and, uh, which is insane. And realized that I was giving up a solid hour and a half in the morning every day that I should have been focused on myself. That yep. is my time. Yeah. And, and that's what I was going to say. That's one of the things that, that I teach to realtors is whatever the hardest part of your day is, you do that first thing. So for me, the very first thing is if I don't get out the door by 6 a.m., my run's not going to happen that day. I I can have every intention in the world that later this afternoon – I'm going to get on the treadmill, especially during the summer, because I know it's going to be hot. Like, that's the problem with summers. If you don't get out the door first thing, like, it, it's not going to happen. But it's the same thing in their business, too. Mo, for most realtors, lead generation is the one thing they won't create the time to do. And if they don't do it first thing, everything else will get in the way. Mm -hmm. And I think so often we get away from that and just convince ourselves, oh, I'll get it done later. I'll get it. Did, did you used to do that with yourself before you started working with Kathleen? For sure. Yeah. Yeah. All, all, all day long. I mean, I, I just really struggled to have... Um, I mean, when I was selling, it was different. Yeah. I think, and, and oh, you, yes. Kathleen and I have talked about that a lot. Like yeah. we talk about our, our, the four quadrants, right? Mm -hmm. And when you're selling, you know that you've got to be in that high positive, right? And, and, or, well, somewhere. And, and I had a hard time, uh, when I got into management feeling like that was always necessary to get myself in that, in that correct space. Um, and I realized about six or seven months ago that it was still really important to get myself there. And it, I had gotten out of the habit of doing that for like two and a half years. I really had pretty good systems built up at one point in my life. Kids happened, COVID happened, all of these different things that completely upended um, any routine that I really had. And Kathleen only had to say it like 15 times before I started to actually listen and do things in the in the morning. <laughs> well, what I think is important, and I have a feeling probably Kathleen has, you know, something to add to this, is that when we stop doing the things we need to do in order to achieve the things we want to achieve, 
we've typically lost touch with our why. Can you expand any more on what I'm trying to say, but that I, I have a feeling that you probably are connected to that why it's important to us and um, getting that motivation back again. How do we find that? Yeah, um, it. I think it, I agree. It does have a lot to do with understanding your why behind things and, and using that as, as like anchor your motivation, especially on those days where you don't want to get up and it's cold and you want to stay in bed and not go for that run, but mm-hmm. understanding your why. Um, I think this leads into like self-discipline as well. I heard a quote a while back that really changed my view on discipline. And it 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 said, discipline is the greatest form of self-love. It's ignoring a current pleasure so that you can achieve rewards in the future. So meaning like um, you wake up in the morning and your bed is super cozy and comfortable and that's the immediate pleasure. Um, but you're giving that up to get yourself out of bed and go for that run um, because you have goals. You have a deeper why or deeper mm-hmm. understanding of what that run means to you and is going to do for you for that future future self or for your, for your long-term goals. So, you know, back to just understanding our values, understanding our, our deeper why is really going to help us in the day-to-day when things come up and, you know, we've got the five excuses on why I should sleep in and not go for that run. It's, it's funny because I'm a marathoner and often whenever I'm teaching classes, I, I bring it up and I say, you'd be surprised to find out, I absolutely hate running. And people look at me like, kind of like, I don't like getting out of bed. I don't like getting dressed. I don't like leaving my house. I don't even like the physical act of running itself. I like running when it's done. Mm -hmm. But I like what running does for me physically, emotionally, and mentally. And that's why I go do it. You know, it goes back to the old saying, no pain, no gain. And it's trite and it's silly, but it's true. Like, you got to get yourself. I love that quote, that self-discipline quote. I'm going to go steal the discipline quote now because it is. It's creating temporary discomfort. It's putting yourself in a place you don't want to be, but for the future gain of what it's going to bring me in the future. Absolutely. Talk to us a little bit more about the future self and the future you and like that relationship. So the person that we are now and the person that we hope to be in like a year. Yeah. And um, I was actually just telling you about a podcast that um, I listened to uh, recently and talking about our future self. and, And it was explaining how um, through studies, we see that we actually view our future self as someone other than ourself. So, you know, in that, you know, speaking of more of like that, this immediate moment, um, we want that instant gratification or we want to feel the good now. And so um, understanding that uh we need to make choices. We need to be disciplined now in order to set ourselves up better for the future. And and really, I think just having that awareness um, of back to your why of like why am I doing this and what how is how is this going to impact me in the future? Keeping the end in mind um, and understanding you know our our goals and our ultimate goals. I think there's a, like a whole Seinfeld bit where. <laughs> Uh-huh. It's he's talking about like well, it's tomorrow's guy. 
Yeah. Like when I have a drink tonight, yeah. Yeah. I don't really have to worry about it. I mean, that's right. tomorrow that's guy's tomorrow. problem. Yeah. Yeah. It's not that big of a deal. But like, let's Completely. talk a little bit about drinking maybe. So, to, or just like in general habits that a lot of professionals. Well, no, I'm actually glad you brought that up because when I was walking, so, you know, we've turned into somewhat of a wine culture in our country <laughs> and it's showing up everywhere. And I'm going to give a for instance and this morning kind of took me back when I saw it. In our lobby, in our uh, shop we have here at KCRER, there's a T-shirt that says coffee, contracts, cocktails, and something else. Oh, and I was just like, but our, we had to put cocktails into mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. – like it's, mm-hmm. it's so ingrained in our culture. And is it – are we living for the now or are we living for the future and are we truly doing what's best for our lives, right. our bodies? Yeah. Yeah, and a lot of that too is like part of identity I think as well. You know, a lot of people – I, I talk to at the gym and um, they're they drink on a regular basis and I'm like well what what needs to change and they're like oh I gotta stop drinking like they they know but it's 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 part of their routine it's part of their habits it's part of you know maybe on a subconscious level of just like who they are and what they they're doing so you know to to change habits it takes discomfort it takes work it takes discipline Mm -hmm. um but you're right it's so it's it's ingrained Mm -hmm. in some in some sense and to us in individually but then just as a society yeah and i I, for me personally i think a lot of it goes back to covid and -hmm. i think that a lot of us during covid Mm -hmm. we didn't know how to deal with the emotions we didn't know how to deal with the stress we didn't know how to deal with the unknowns that we had coming at us. And so it used to be for, you know, I, I will speak personally to myself because it was a struggle that I had for about six months after after COVID. Are we still after COVID? I don't know. <laughs> Whatever we are is that it used to be I would just have like one cocktail on a Friday and maybe a cocktail on a Saturday. And then the next thing you know, it's so I'm having one on a Thursday. We'll have one on a Thursday now I'm having one on a Wednesday. And the next thing you know, it's easy just to have a cocktail every night of the week. And that's just it's my unwinding time. It's my mm-hmm. me time. No, my me time is going out and doing something healthy for me, not going back and doing something that is not – I'm literally putting poison in my body. Yeah. Literally. And it doesn't mean that's bad if you do it on an occasional basis, but I think that too often we've gotten to a part where it's just a part of our regular routine, at least for, for sure. a lot of people. Oh, yeah, yeah. especially in our industry. Well, and, I, you know, my RAS is activated to it, you know, your particular activation system. It's, you know, when you go buy a new car and no one in town has one, and as soon as you drive it off the lot, everybody, everybody has the knows. exact same car as you. Yes, and it's the exact same thing as once you start looking for this in our culture, you start seeing it. Actually, it was just in a Facebook group that I was in this morning. A lady was for looking for instructions on how to cut up a t-shirt to make it real cute. And the third instruction was, and maybe have a glass of wine. It might help you be more creative. And I was like, there it's just showing up everywhere yeah. once you start lo- not even looking for it, just having your brain activated to it. Um, Kathleen, one of the things that I hear realtors say a lot is that they get into real estate for work-life balance. And for those of us that have been in real estate for more than three seconds, we recognize there was very little work-life balance uh, real estate is very work heavy and we have to create time for the life side. What kind of um, advice do you have for people out there that are just so far into the grind and they do need to get some of that time back for themselves? How can they make themselves a priority? Great question. And and I can relate to that in, in the personal training world too. It's like it's you can find yourself there from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. and, and working weekends and, and all types of things. Um, in terms of a sporadic schedule. So 
what I what I believe it comes down to is back to those boundaries, um, and and being firm with them and understanding like those you have to protect your routines. You have to protect those habits um, because. Your your clients, you, they don't they don't know those. They don't know that before eight a.m. it's you time. Um, so you have to protect that time. You have to really be intentional and I think define what that looks like. Because the more specific you can be, um, the more likely you are going to be able to say no to certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, I I just heard the other day someone talking about. Um, personal policies. And so like if your personal policy is, or even like a family policy of like Sundays are our family day, like that's, that's our family policy. We don't break that policy. Then when the kids have an opportunity to play a sport on a Sunday, we have to politely decline. When a client wants to meet for a showing or whatever that may be, we have to politely decline or we have to, you know, find find another opportunity. So um, having your own personal policies that you that you live by and you do not let or you do your best at least to to stick by those. Yeah. I think that's so important, mostly because we all know. Uh, well, Kathleen maybe doesn't know, but in our industry, we all know a couple of realtors that try to establish boundaries like that mm-hmm. and they'll even say things they'll have like a an offer instructions sheet in supplements and they'll say things like do not expect that you are going to receive a response mm-hmm. from me on a sunday and how does you that won't. go it doesn't no. we we respond in this visceral way it's like are you kidding me like do you know what industry you're in if i send you an offer on a sunday you're going to respond we don't respect our our own boundaries in no. this industry, um, and uh, I mean, the, the the person I'm I'm thinking of in particular, the, I don't know that they do this anymore, but I remember a a broker friend of mine telling me that if they had an agent who said something like that on a listing, that they would not want that person working for them in their office. So I mean, we we respond so negatively mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. putting those boundaries. And so that's in place. like you're within the industry. That's kind of the standard mm-hmm. um, that's been created, which is an added added challenge. Um, well, and there's a lot of people in this industry that take pride in that I work every holiday. Easter, I'm having open houses. Christmas right. Day, I'm having open houses. I'm working with clients. I'm showing houses, and I'm like. Why is that a sense of pride? You have your pride. You know, so often we talk about prioritizing your schedule when it should be scheduling your priorities. Yeah. What are the things that are the yeah. most important and not letting anything get in the way? But somehow it's become this badge of honor that I have to work 24-7 and my clients are – I'm always available to my clients. Mm-hmm. I don't want to always be available to my clients. I don't think you should always be available to your client. And that's something you struggle with. Them, you know, just basically what you're talking about, you know, working from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. is unless you can get your clients to work within the hours you want to work with, you have to be available when they're available. Right. Correct. And and part of that, too, I think, is communication with clients. Um, you know, being cre- – creating that – those boundaries early on mm-hmm. and kind of some expectations – um, in both in both ways, um, but yeah, it's it's a challenge, and I I think it it there is some value in in saying that 
when those boundaries are created and they're stuck to, then individuals can show up better for their clients. Um, you know, burnout, resentments. Yeah. We want to put those things off. We want to, you know, we want to be to have a sustainable <laughs> career in in work balance. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a challenge though. It's it's yeah. really a challenge and it's a lot of like I think self-reflection that is needed and just being intentional about, you know, where where are my priorities? Where are my values? Because there there are trainers too that um they're working seven days a week. <laughs> seven days a week they are there and, you know, after two months of that, they're not looking so great. <laughs> like yeah, right? yeah. their their personal health, their their routines, you know, what they're trying to aspire mm-hmm. or inspire right. is they're not able to do that and give that to themselves. So there's that that is a that is a challenge that I think a lot of people kinda have to go on that that self journey for themselves and figuring out, okay. What's what's where can I how far can can I go with this? Yeah, I think burnout and resentment. I think those are two key keywords, especially in our industry right yeah. now. She said them, and I was like, I feel them. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Breaks my heart. So, like thinking about burnout and resentment, uh, how do you help people? What are the what are the key things that somebody can do to put together a system or routine that does not produce burnout or resentment. I know that you can't always avoid it at 100% all the time, but what do you do to make sure that that doesn't occur with somebody? Yeah. Many years ago, I think in my first job, I read somewhere that um, if if you're feeling burnout, it is, it is your responsibility to, like, burnout is a result of, like, the choices I have made. So that like totally shifted the way I thought of of burnout. I thought like, wow, I always thought it was like my employer telling me to work more or these expectations being unrealistic. Um, And that shifted for me of like, oh, this is my responsibility. And so it's therefore my like my and what I mean by that is it's my responsibility to create create the boundaries to understand what what I can say yes to and what I'm what I'm going to say no to and. And in doing that, and it's not easy by any right. means, but in doing that, then we're able to, we're, we're, we're not pushing ourselves to the point of burnout. We're not, we're not getting to this point of feeling resentment because we've established for ourselves those personal policies that we understand, like, I'm going to work my butt off, but I'm also going to like have that have that boundary in place um, so I don't go past my capacity, go beyond my capacity. And you're, if you're thinking about like exercise and working out in injuries, injuries happen when we break our th- capacity threshold. Mm-hmm. And so burnout happens when we break our capacity threshold. And so I think we all we all have that threshold and we need to um, – Again, self-reflection um, on what that threshold is and how we manage our life and set up boundaries to stay under that. I just realized there's an entire topic we've not brought up in regards to this. And I have a feeling that this reason is one of the reasons you hired Kathleen to be your personal trainer and to help you through this. And that's the piece of accountability. Oh, yeah. How important is accountability to all of this? Because we talk about prioritize your schedule, make you a priority. 
How important is a accountability partner, someone you hold you accountable to those goals, those things you have in this entire process? Yeah, it's huge. Um, and I think it's there's different levels of accountability. Um, you know, there's there's many layers in understanding what level you need in different areas of your life is important. Um, you know, you you are able to you're disciplined to get up in the morning and get on your run and do that five days a week or, you know, however often you're doing it. Um, but understanding, like, if I need a running partner, mm-hmm. like maybe it's a running partner, maybe it's a running coach, maybe it's someone programming um, what I'm doing for those runs. Um, so I'm more intentional about each of those runs. Mm-hmm. Um, but but it's huge. And I think we all need that. We all need uh, to understand when it's the right time to ask for help, to ask for that accountability. Um, and, and people can show up and give us accountability in many different ways and on many different levels. Yep. Yep. Well, Kathleen, we're almost to the end of our time, and I, I want to respect your time that we've asked of you here today. But the last question we ask all of our guests is what else? What else should we have talked about? What else do you want our listeners to know? Just what else is there? Protect your boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, just protect your boundaries and and, and sit with that uh, and ask yourself, you know, what is my why? What are my values? It, I think not enough of us take the time to define those. And in defining them, it will lead to creating a better a better system for ourselves and a better system for our clients, for our businesses, for our futures, for our families. Um, so taking the time to to do that is very powerful. That's awesome. Love thank it. you for your time thank today. Thank you, Kathleen. Thank Love you. that we had you here with us today. So Speaking of accountability, I had to cancel both of my sessions with <laughs> Kathleen this week because that, I'm sick. Yeah. So what are you going to do differently next week? So hopefully, A, not be sick. Uh, so hopefully I, I sleep better. But B, I'm going to have to whip myself back into shape because I haven't done enough this week. But I got to say, Alex has tell. been crushing his morning routines, his morning habits, and it's it's showing. Like the results are yeah, there. Dude, He's crushing five. it. Ugh. Yes. Awesome. Thank you, Kathleen. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you.